Kaisan. You do not remember me. I am Jorel. I'm your father. Hey, Scott. Yes, Adam. That mustache is really coming in, fella. Coming to you almost live from the Fortress of Solitude. This is the Unknown Studio. I'm Scott. I'm Adam. We are your delicious hosts. Very, very delicious hosts. <laughs> Delectable even. But even more delicious than the both of us is the gentleman in our midst. Jay Bardella of Happy Harbor Comics. And, uh, and uh, I don't know how you managed to get this comic book store crammed into the Fortress of Solitude. Because usually it's on 104th Ave downtown, isn't it? Yeah, usually. Yeah. Usually. And, and this was a recent move. We have mad relocation skills. We can uh, we can basically pick the supper, sucker up, throw it on the back, back of a flatbed, and just truck her wherever we need to go. So, which is almost what you what you did to get here, isn't it? Uh, almost, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what we tried to do until the tire exploded and the trailer didn't go. This is, in fact, your your second major move, is it not? Oh, I only wish. Oh. I <laughs> actually for this particular for like our main flagship store. Um, this will be its fourth location oh. of, its, of its existence. Wow, I'm only one beer in. How did that happen? It, it's it's the magic of <laughs> Rickard's Red. <laughs> <laughs> it was so tasty. I've been waiting so long. Ever since you told me you wanted to do this interview and you were bringing beer, I was like, you know what? Okay, fine, I'll do the interview. But beer... Solid. All right, we're good. Hey, I'm glad that you wanted to do the interview before I made the offer of beer. <laughs> now, we've actually wanted to have Jay on the show for like the last two seasons. Four it's ages. It's just uh, been difficult to coordinate it and to fit it in with all of the other amazing interviews that we've uh, done over the last couple of years. It's it's mostly because uh, every time we, we want to get Jay on the show, he's he's moving the store. He's, Basically, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so we, are, we are gratified to have you on the show because we... Both believe, I'm speaking for Scott here, that uh, Happy Harbor Comics is one of the best stores. One of. It is, is the best, the store best in comic book store. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Thank you for correcting me. Um, and um, yeah, we, uh, yeah, we really enjoy coming here. In fact, a lot of people do. A lot. Uh, so many that you've been nominated for awards. Many times. Uh, um, and won some. Have you? <laughs> Which was delicious in its own right. <laughs> um, since we're throwing around words that make people feel awkward. Um, <laughs> Another delicious award for Another Happy delicious Harbor. award, yes. No, we won in 2007. Uh, we were named Canada's best comic store. Uh, and that was actually the second time the award had been given out since its inception. Okay. Um, which was pretty fantastic because we ended up um, kind of ranking over some stores that have been around for a very long time and um, and easily by far and away that was like uh, the, the proudest moment uh, fortunately Shauna my partner and I were able to be in Toronto uh, we, we kind of rolled the dice a little bit <clears throat> the year before we were the runner-up so we kind of uh, the first year the award was given out we were the runner-up so we we kind of rolled the dice and I'm like okay we're going to Toronto for the award ceremony and she's like are you sure and I'm like I don't care, but if we're not there, it's going to suck. So I, I'd kind of like to be there. And we were there, and uh, we won, and it was pretty awesome. And there were some very cool uh, celebrities in the crowd. There were uh, 
um, uh, people from the comic book industry that respect Gail Simone was in the house and artist Nicholas Scott and uh, some uh, local Ty Templeton from the Toronto area. Rick Green was one of the hosts, uh, which was fantastic. Um, and, and I, during my uh, the acceptance speech that I was doing on behalf of both of us, because Shauna is um, afraid to talk to people in public, <laughs> um, during the, the speech, I actually, uh, I'd like to say I dropped a man tear, um, but I cried like a baby. <laughs> I totally, and there is, and we've, I've even, we've posted the video. Strong men on also our YouTube. cry. Yeah, it happens. Um, I, I, I lost it. Um, but, you know, by far and away, it was like the most fantastic thing um, because it was, it's an award that you are nominated by your customers mm -hmm. and then you are selected by an independent panel, independent panel of judges uh, who review all the stores that are being nominated. Oh. Um, so, you know, it's not just you're thrown into a hat or anything like that. Like people review the criteria of what it is to qualify to be that store. Um, so that was fantastic. Um, it's kind of cool for for a, a store in Edmonton to, to gain such revere too. I mean, I I, I personally, I mean, I, I'm not in the in the know about such things, but if someone said the best comic book store in Canada resides in Edmonton, mm. I would be surprised by that. In fact, let us let's admit it. I was surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it is something that. Um, I th there's a large shift. I mean, our the first Happy Harbor opened up in Jasper, and the reason we left Jasper is that the town, um, and, I, and I hate to say this because it sounds so derogatory, but the town was too small for us. Yeah. There were just things that we wanted to do that weren't really going to happen with the, <clears throat> the size of the population that was there and just the people that were there. They weren't really kind of into it. There was enough to keep a business going, but I just didn't want a business. I just didn't want to throw crap on the shelf and sell it. I mean, if that was the case, you could just you could do that anywhere. And it was it gets a little boring, gets a little stale. And when you want to do stuff and you want to open the doors and you want to try to get people motivated and creative and excited and you want to <clears throat> offer them opportunities, you, you need sometimes a larger base to mm -hmm. do that. And I mean, we were able to do a lot of things here um, and, and that have... Things that we've started, seeds that we've planted, have, have just exploded into other things that are now even completely out of my hands. Things that I used to have to be like at the forefront of, to be the driving force of, I'm not even involved with anymore. Can, can you give us any examples? <clears throat> um, the first thing that we did was um, the uh, Lynn X, uh, the head of the Edmonton Small Press Association, uh, put a bug in my ear months after we opened up. Uh, that we should start something called the Comic Jam that was uh, something she had heard of out in Montreal. And that's basically artists just sit around, they draw, but they trade pages every 15 minutes. So you basically you make up comics, you draw one panel in 15 minutes, you swap pages. So we started doing that. <clears throat> that snowballed. And it led to what is now, what we have is an uh, organization of uh, local creators who have all banded together and formed their own kind of company called Open Door, which is a creator collective that supports each other, um, helping to offset costs uh, when they attend shows, to help get self-published, to help spread the word, to help critique each other's work, to help work together on projects, to help just motivate and create each other. And, and now at this point, it's like, well, a few weeks ago, um, like I was looking at their website and I'm like, well, I have my own comics. Can I put my comics? Like I'm asking them now <laughs> if I can be a part of their organization because the Comic Jam brought people together, uh, put them in the same room, got them to, to know each other, communicate with each other. Comics is a very isolated type of thing typically. Mm -hmm. But now you've got these people coming together every Thursday. They know each other. They're talking. <clears throat> 
one thing led to another. Six people became 12 people, became 20 people, became 30 people. Um, on average, I think there's probably a good 40 to 50 local creators who cycle in and out through the Comic Jam. We probably get wow. between 20 and 30 on a Thursday. And then the Open Door group is sitting, I think, at about <clears throat> 15 to 20 core members, uh, people who have product for sale on their website. Uh, open Door, I think it's opendoorcomics.org. I, I will ah, confirm that. Brutal. Sorry. We can, uh, <clears throat> we can also get that I, on the website. I also, I also just got my comic on there, so I can't really, you know, say it that into it. But, um, you know, everything just snowballed and grew. And as it grew, you know, there are other people who stepped up and said, okay, we want to take this collective and go one step further, one step further, one step further. You know, so that was fantastic. And to the point now where it's like, really, I'm, I'm asking to be a part of their group. You know, that's how far past it shot, which was completely awesome. And that's exactly what we want to do. And something like that, you know, wouldn't have happened, I don't think, almost anywhere else. So your goal isn't just to, to <coughs> sell comics and, and awesome battle, Battlestar Galactica stuff. God, no. You, you're actually God, no. trying to build a community. Now, my question for yeah. you is, you're, you're starting in a place like Jasper. Mm -hmm. And I understand the way the, the highway system works in this country. But I have to ask, why Edmonton? Actually, I was... Uh, before I moved to Jasper, I was living in Edmonton, and I had I, and I was working in a store in Edmonton. I was, okay. used to work at a store called Saturn Comics that was down on Calgary Trail back in the late '90s. And um, when actually, it was there, as I recall, right up until fairly recently. Is that right? Well, it was it was um, acquisitioned by another uh, comic store in town, which then eventually it just shut its doors. Um, but I was working there. It started going through some turmoil. Uh, essentially, I wasn't getting paid, so I had to move on to find other work. Um, but when I left, there was a, just a large amount of customers who were like, we don't want to deal with anybody else. You know, so, hmm. you know, that's when I kind of started, okay, fine, I'll start my own business and I'll do it on the side while I try to find work <laughs> yeah. to keep myself going. Um, I got a job offer to Jasper, moved out to Jasper. Still kind of kept the comic thing going on the side in Edmonton. It was operating out of a small office that was shared uh, with the dispatch company. And a couple of the customers were just kind of overseeing the stuff that went on. And Weird. It was, cool. it was, it's, it is really, if I got right into it, <clears throat> it's very bizarre. Strange sort of guerrilla comic store. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. it was very, like initially, like you can say the, the, when Happy Harbor first opened its doors in 1999, it was sharing an office space with a dispatch company. A dispatch company had had 20 customers who were basically just ordering direct. There was no shelf stock, or they weren't buying anything off the shelf, and that was it. And people would so come you were, in. You were the middleman, but but with no showroom. Exactly. Huh. He yeah. was he was the underground comic store of Edmonton. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That was that was it. And um, I got a job offer, moved out to Jasper. When I got out to Jasper, no comic store. Um, and at that point, I had been in communication with Shauna, uh, who was living in Toronto. Now, Shauna was a mail order customer through Saturn Comics. And she and I had been, you know, kind of just emailing back and forth, dealing with your account and all this stuff. And, and uh, even after I left Saturn, we kind of still kept in touch. Um, she came out to visit <clears throat> when I was living out in Jasper. We talked about, you know, hey, there's no store out here. If we open a store, you can run it. I can still kind of maintain my job. It'll cover expenses, and, and we can just kind of build the store up, which is actually what we ended up doing. So the store out in Jasper 
uh, went through two locations. <laughs> really? It's, it's, you, this it's, is, it's, I'm, I'm seeing a pattern here, yeah, Jay. Yeah, I know. I'm an idiot. That's the pattern. <laughs> the pattern boils down to a very simple thing that Jay is an idiot. And that's pretty much what all patterns boil down I to. I don't think idiots win awards for best comic book store in oh, the country. Oh, God. Idiots run massive corporations in this <laughs> in North America. Trust me. It's, it's idiots rule the world. Um, but we, uh, you know, we opened up shop in Jasper. We started out. You know, in a, in a space that was uh, affordable, a good grounding point, we decided, and it was in a basement, <laughs> we moved up the street level, we were there for, uh, for the end of that lease, and then we just decided, you know what, we need to do more um, and move to the city. So we came back to Edmonton, where at this point, our little office space business of about a dozen plus customers was now pushing 40, 50. Wow. Uh, it, it was growing, <laughs> which we didn't really anticipate. <laughs> <clears throat> and it's like, okay, well, we can go back to Edmonton because we've got a customer base. So we know we've got revenue there. So let's just go there and we start. And at which, you know, and that's how it kind of that kind of went. And um, and it was pretty good. It was Sean and myself um, running the shop uh, during the day and then working a second job at night. <clears throat> you know, we were yeah. deli- delivering hooch around the great city of Edmonton uh, in the evenings into the wee hours of the morning and then waking up and selling comics again. So uh, we did that for um, about eight months or so wow. before we kind of stabilized and we could drop the delivery gig. And then it was like focus hardcore on doing what we needed to do with the store. And how long was it just uh, because you, you started you start with one store and then oh, and Jesus, here it comes. Well, well, yeah, you, you expanded, right? Like, you, you had, at one point, several, more than two locations, yeah? Yeah, here, here's the coming back to the Jay is an idiot <laughs> scenario. Um, <clears throat> so, when someone comes up to you and tells you that this is what you need to do for your business because it's what businesses do, slap them. <laughs> slap those people because those people clearly, they probably don't own their own business and they just don't know what they're talking about. Um, there is a certain logic to say more businesses equal more money, but more businesses equal more headache. And if your business is in the business of building uh, community and relationships and having connections with your customers, you as an individual cannot do that over two, three, four, or five stores. It's not going to happen. You, you can't replicate the magic of an independent small business. It doesn't happen and that's the dream right it, the dream is to, to always be connecting with those customers that that yeah that's the ideal the ideal goal is to be there to to know my customers on a first name basis uh, to have an idea of what they do to have an idea about the family so you can converse with them and not just you know you just don't want to talk comics all the time because th- these guys do want to talk comics but at the same time i can talk comics to anybody anybody i don't know yeah right that's not hard right but i want to talk to you as a person that i know and if I know you, I have to know something about you, right? But if I've got four stores, like at one point, there were four happy harbors in the city of Edmonton, mm-hmm. okay? And I'm, you know, kind of floating between. I'm working out of the main one downtown, but I'm floating between the other ones. And I, I don't know the customer bases there. And I've got to, you know, work with the managers and, and encourage them to do what I do at my store. But those people aren't me, right? So they don't necessarily have the same... They don't have the same motivation to do what I do. They don't necessarily have the same skill set that I do. I've had some great people work through me for me for, throughout the years. There's, there's no doubt about that. Like, I've had some fantastic people. But if you're not the owner, where's your motivation? Yeah. Your motivation is an hourly wage, yeah. right? And that's only going to push you so far, right? 
Um, so, <clears throat> so you that were, kind of magic just doesn't doesn't replicate it. So you went out to four stores, uh, yeah. and 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 Quickly. were they sort of were they yeah really fast yeah were they and they scattered throughout Edmonton yeah or what was this what was the the strategy um, other than really <laughs> don't they know we're closed. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. Can I answer this? Or yeah, answer. I, no, this I, is great. This is this, great. This is live radio at its finest. <laughs> almost. Happy Harbor Comics. Almost live. Yeah, that's right. Hi. Hi. Jay looks very professional when he's on the phone. Okay. Don't you agree? It's uh, some excellent phone handling. I haven't seen that since uh, back in Madrid in 1983. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Oh. Okay, I'm in the I'm in the middle of the interview right now. He's, We're actually he's on the radio. Definitely, which is cool. definitely deflecting uh, <coughs> a, f- yeah. a long conversation. No, they encouraged me. They said it would make it for good radio. I I'm gonna okay. guess he's talking to Shauna. Okay, so. I will come. Uh, I will call you when I'm. I'll call Troy's number when I'm done, and I'll come pick you up. It's not Troy though. That's not Troy. Okay. Nope. Definitely. Bye bye. Okay. All right. And the hang-up. And that was, <laughs> that was masterful. <coughs> the Russian judge with 10 points, and he's the hardest to please. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jay, Jay handled that very well. Uh, thank you for joining us for the 2011 Telephone Olympics. Uh, was that Sean? Yes, it was. Uh, it I was. guessed it. I yes, guessed it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's out doing um, stuff. Um, but that stuff mixed with her medication does not allow her to drive home. So I'm going to have to go pick her up once we're done here. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's fair enough. This is Adam coming to you almost live from Greg Beaver's sex dungeon. There's a cat staring at me from an ottoman and a man in a creepy mustache. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing pretty good. Yourself? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, we're here to talk with Greg about his uh, mustaches and microphones, or is it microphones and mustaches? Microphones and mustaches. And this is an event that's taking place later on this month uh, in celebration of November. Tell us a little bit about the event and when it is. Uh, the event is on Sunday, November 27th. Uh, it is at the Wonder Bar on White Avenue. And uh, basically... Um, it is uh, something that I sort of came up with um, when I had my 30th birthday party, and I had basically like an open mic night for my 30th birthday. And it was more about, you know, it was more like an ego thing for me. I'd always kind of wanted to uh, perform live in front of an audience. And when I turned 30, I thought, well, I might as well check one off the bucket list, right? And uh, I had this big party, and we just had a whole bunch of my friends and whoever wanted to play some music or whatever would do that. <clears throat> so... Uh, yeah, I got had. I, I think the first song I played was like uh, an acoustic version of uh, "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time" by Britney Spears, uh, which was pretty awesome. And I think the night just sort of like devolved into uh, there was well, some of my friends did like an impromptu jazz number, and his girlfriend uh, was had a, like a really she had a, like a really throaty jazzy voice, and she was sort of uh, singing like an like an improv jazz song. It was really cool. Um, we had a lot of fun, um, and I kind of wanted to do that only on a much larger scale, so not just my friends, but a whole bunch of people, and I was kind of trying to figure out ways of doing that, so um, the idea crossed my mind that we could do it as sort of like a, no- a Movember thing mm-hmm. and have a big uh, Movember party with it. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. Um, so... Basically, we kind of when we started talking about doing uh, the microphones and mustaches, um, we decided that uh, what would be cool is if people could challenge each other 
to do certain performances and we would open it up not just to people not limited to people who are musically inclined but anybody who wanted to do anything so so i could go up there and tell a story about uh you know hypothetically speaking how my dad ruined a potluck for my older brother one evening before the potluck took place for and and i would apply a dollar value on that and and then challenge people to pay that amount to hear the story correct so basically we'll have slips hanging out on at the tables at in the, the wonder bar and you'll just write down you know i you know greg beaver will uh sing the Z- libby zoodle song acapella for ten dollars uh, of donation dollars and then you hand that in and then the the host which i believe is going to be uh one mr adam rosenhart i'm not that's true, and and I think I may drag uh, old Scott along to that just to, just to keep it real. Yep, yep. more the merrier. <laughs> so we the host would then uh, you know pick out the uh, the November challenges and announce them. So uh, there's also another way that you can uh, participate uh, or get others to participate rather is to uh, challenge someone else to perform on stage. So if you know that your friend say uh, can I don't know juggle. <laughs> or has a really embarrassing story that you think he should tell in front of a big group of people so he can embarrass himself, then uh, you can write on the uh, second uh, slip of paper that will basically say, you know, I challenge so-and-so to do such-and-such such for X amount of donation dollars. Cool. So so uh, kind of an interesting style of event. Have you set any goals for the amount of money you're hoping to raise for this, or is it just kind of anything is is good enough? I think if we get ten dollars, I'll be happy. I mean, really, uh, as you know, I me mean, obviously this is the first time that we're attempting this, uh, so uh, we'll see how it goes. I think I think any amount of money towards uh, prostate cancer would be great. Uh, so far, the our November team for the event has raised three hundred thirty-three dollars, I think, to date. So um, I'm happy with that. I, I just hope that people come out and have some fun. That's fair enough. Um, so you've got a team of people that you're raising money for November for excuse me for Movember with. Let's not fuck that up. You look like a jackass. Um, how many um, how many times have you done this uh, over the years? And you know that you and I had a challenge last year together, uh, which I I believe handily beat you at. Uh, um, yeah, and <laughs> so how many uh, how many years have you? I will win the mustache challenge this year being that you don't have a mustache unless you decide to shave it at the last minute well uh, to be fair yeah i decided not to do the mustache thing but i think i think for the the uh, microphones and mustaches event i gotta show up with the mustache right so i'll probably uh sad to say rachel honey but i'm gonna probably have a mustache for at least one day but uh, but how many years in a row have you participated in november this is actually only my second year um uh Jeremy Dye, the the other person who runs Inglorious Hipsters, that was his. It was his sort of idea last year that we should do it, um, and I just, I guess, I decided to take it to a whole nother level this year. <laughs> yeah, no, great idea. Um, how many people are you hoping to get out there? Um, I would hope, you know, somewhere between uh, forty and seventy-five, maybe. <laughs> I think that's probably maybe that's too many. I don't know. We're at sitting at about twenty people of. So on Facebook have committed to to showing up. So I would be happy if those people showed up. To be honest, like is you know, and if it really if it ended up being an event where it was just me and my friends goofing around with a microphone, just as good. Yeah. For all of us. Uh, so that's November twenty seventh, Sunday at four p.m. The show starts. Yeah. Yeah. Four 
p.m. until 9 p.m. and then we have uh, a band at the end of the event, uh, Zero Something, will be playing. Uh, and then after that, I think there's actually uh, some more music, live music happening at the Wonder Bar as well. So stick around for that. Perfect. Well, good luck with the uh, mustache, Craig Beaver. Thank you. Good luck with your shaving. Uh, yes, thank you. And I'll see you at Microphones and Mustaches at the Wonder Bar. Have you considered sponsoring or advertising on a local podcast? Well, this is your opportunity. The Unknown Studio is looking for advertisers. If you're interested, contact Adam at theunknownstudio.ca or Scott at theunknownstudio.ca, and this space could be filled with your ad. Now, back to the show. We should take a moment at this time to thank our sponsor. Our sole sponsor. <laughs> the you have a sponsor? Yeah, we do, we do. You've never asked me to be a sponsor. Actually, we never have, but that's because we ask you for money. Lots of people ask me for money, and I seldom give it out, unless people actually like. Okay, we'll we'll we need save that conversation, conversation for off the air. <laughs> this is really but uh, for the moment, we'd like to thank our one sponsor. That's right. The Hogwarts of Digital Media in Edmonton. It's true. Guru Digital Arts College is what, what? they're called. Yeah. They sponsor us. Get the They've fuck sponsored out. us yeah. for like two years now. Yeah. And uh, of course, they're Owen. They're oh, Dumbledore esque headmaster. <laughs> Owen Brierly runs the ship over there. Waving his he's digital such, wand about. He's such a whore. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he is. But he's he's building something great over there and he's got some he fantastic is. programs, uh, uh, all around design. And they're doing I mean they've got Nat Jones there who draws the zombie comic book 68, which has seen oh, he its... Did, he did Spawn for years. Yeah, he did Spawn, he did that's right. All sorts of stuff. He, he worked did. with Rob Zombie and on And you films. could learn from him yeah. how Correct. to make comics on the computer. Several of our customers are taking that course right now as we speak. That's awesome. Yep, it is pretty cool. So, so there you go. That is that is that's Jay, the owner of Happy Harbor Comics, giving I'm a big it. thumbs up, an endorsement yep. to Nat. Not, I just slapped the mic with my thumb. He's, that is right. You're going to break the mic, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that is a big endorsement for the Nat Jones program. So big thanks to GuruDigitalArts.com or .ca. And .ca? Who knows? But they, <laughs> You'll find out when you type it in. They're on the internet. Okay. Oh, oh, that internet. Now, we were talking about the... the oh, strategy. And well, I was laughing. Yes, that's I know. Right, yes. But that, <laughs> and, and, and that's kind of a dumb way to put it. But I, well, I guess what I was thinking was, someone's, someone says, to grow your business, you need to open four stores. And so do you look at a map mm. of Edmonton and go... We need one in the West End. We need one in the North End. Like, what, what was the thinking? When we opened um, the second store, Happy Harbor in Edmonton, it was a matter of, okay, what areas aren't being serviced? Right. Um, and there was also a little bit of thought of, if those areas aren't being serviced, why aren't they being serviced? Mm. Um, why aren't they being serviced? There were already some chain stores in Edmonton. I mean, uh, the, the Warps had a couple. Comic Kings had a couple. Wizards had a couple. So there were certainly... You know, people had already expanded. It wasn't anything innovative that Happy Harbor was opening a second store. It's just, okay, why hadn't people gone to a particular area? And the area we opened the second store into um, d wasn't necessarily a bad location. Uh, I think we just we picked a particularly uh, challenging spot to open the store into um, where the rents were a little bit higher than they should have been. And we over we overguessed on the size of the store. We went for a store that was the same size as our main store, thinking that, again, we could replicate the magic, which you can't do. Um, so had, you know, in hindsight, 
um, you know, we, we would have done things differently. Thankfully, we had a landlord who uh, we had to report our sales to. And when they saw the sales, they were just kind of, and I said, you know, look, I can't keep this up. So either cut me a break on the rent or we're closing. And they cut us a break on the rent. Oh, nice. And that made the store continue to be viable, right? And, uh, you know, and we just kind of keep working from there. Store three was a crime oh, of opportunity. And sorry, where was where was store two? Store two, oh, sorry. Store two was in the northeast okay. of Edmonton. So okay. it was up in the uh, in the Clairview area. Oh, so, and that's still there. Yeah. That's still there. That's yeah, the man. That one's still there. Manning Crossing, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Still alive. Alive. I actually bought a... Uh, a light and sound DeLorean from that store. So uh, so nice. just, you know, trying to help out. <laughs> Actually, yeah. or just really love Back to the Future. Well, that one's, and you've got a completely different demographic up there, and we've had to learn over the years that there's there's certain product that works there that doesn't work downtown. Uh, it's a, just a completely different clientele, and you have to adapt to that, you know, yeah. for sure. Um, store 3, which opened up just off of White Avenue, was a crime of opportunity. Uh, primarily, uh, that um, and by that point in time, we actually had investors in the company. Oh, cool! And the investors had a voice, and the investors were the investors' voice were kind of out to to um, seek a measure of mental gratification by acting upon this crime of opportunity. Um, <clears throat> which you're ultimately being very diplomatic. Yeah, yeah, you're you are being you're sick handling these words very carefully. Thank you. Um, and and ultimately it turned out to be something that uh, you know, we we kind of overstepped our reach on uh, the the people who wanted the store to be there, and it, it was a store that was set up with a very specific intent and design in mind. Uh, again, catering to the community uh, and and focusing on uh, the specific demographic that would be in that area. Um, but ultimately, we just couldn't make it flow smoothly. Had it been a store that maybe I had been able to be in myself mm -hmm. more often, it might have been a different story. It needed a certain level of control and management that we didn't have the experience of the bodies that were there. Sure. And ultimately, the people that were there managing it, it was just more than they could handle. And uh, we, just, we just couldn't make it, make it fly. Um, the fourth store was an acquisition. Um, it was a, a store that we'd been friendly with, Metropolis Toys. Mm -hmm. And the owner of Metropolis Toys, uh, his life had changed drastically. And being the owner and operator of a store was no longer something in his plan, but he didn't necessarily want to let the store go. Uh, and since we had been working together for a couple of years already, it was the offer was put up if we wanted to buy it. Um, so we decided to buy it, and we didn't change a thing. Um, but we learned a lot of lessons that even if you don't change anything, it doesn't mean you're not going to disrupt a certain portion of the customer base. Ah. And, um, and that had a pretty significant impact. Um, the lease on the, uh, the store came up about a year and a half after we bought it, and we decided to kind of let that one go. And then about a year after that, we closed uh, V3. Uh, which was the one off of White Ave. Uh, in between and during all of this mess, we opened and closed a store in Lloydminster. Oh, really? Um, and we had helped open an affiliate store out in Vancouver, um, which was probably, out of all the things that I can remember in my life, um, I don't remember much about my marriage. Um, I re remember very little about my childhood. Um, but the three days I spent building that store in Vancouver just are burned into my soul, and I don't think they're ever going to go away. It what was, happened? It was just ridiculous. Uh, I don't know. It was just kind of one of those things that, you know, 
nothing really went wrong, but things didn't go exactly right. Yeah. And it was a lot of long days. And, and ultimately, it ended up being a beautiful store and fantastic. And it was in a cool neighborhood that eventually got completely redeveloped. And that store got squeezed out. And the, uh, the owners of that place just decided they didn't want to carry on. And after six years, five years, five or six years, when, it, well, when their lease came up for renewal, uh, they just decided, you know what, we just don't want to do this. This is it's too much headache. The expense is going to be too great, and they just let it go. Um, and, and sad to see it go, you know, but at the same time, I totally get where they're coming from. Yeah. Uh, and, so was your stake in that an investment in helping to get them set up? It was It was a lot of it was uh, some startup, yeah. uh, a lot of it. Uh, and after a period of time, things kind of balanced out, and, and they were able to be self-sufficient and you, know, you just kind of cut the ties, but still main, maintain a you know a, an affiliation to it. They always considered themselves part of the Happy Harbor family, and we always cross promoted each other. And it was cool. It was cool because we you know shared a lot of the same ideas, and and they carried on with a lot of the stuff that you know we were doing here, and they were they carried it on out there, and and it worked well for them. You hmm. know, it was very cool. So yeah, it's 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 weird. The only time I ever thought. It, chronicling all this stuff right now is, is kind of odd, but it really kind of struck me when one day I found a website that had actually chronicled every store opening and store closing that we had had and basically what? since our inception. That's yeah. crazy. The Canadian, uh, the Joe Schuster Rewards Committee actually tracks everything that happens at stores that basically give themselves a presence on the web. And since Happy Harbor tends to put themselves out there quite a bit, um, everything was chronicled. And I was just kind of like, I did a Google search and the Schuster page came up and I went through it and I just, you know, did a control F, found Happy Harbor. And it's like store open, store open, store open, store bought, store closed, store closed, store closed. <laughs> I was just like, oh God, I'm getting so depressed right now. I'm like, what did I do? But yeah, I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, if, if, if I could do it over again, one store, 15 to 20,000 square feet in size, um, and just, you know, blow the roof off the place, dozen staff members in there, and just, you know, being, interacting with the public as much as possible all the time, hosting art shows, doing fundraisers, like we do, yeah. um, more, but just bigger and more well-organized than what we do now. And, and I, I'm the first to admit, it's like, we do a lot of stuff. Um, I do the majority of it, and I'll freely admit a lot of it is at best half-assed. And just because I stretch myself so thin, I want to do everything. I want to please everybody. I want to get this stuff going. But, you know, I, I always overshoot my means, always. What do, you, what do you feel that you do that's different from other comic book stores that makes Happy Harbor stand above the rest, that makes you... Uh, a winner of the best comic book store in Canada. Um, we bathe. I think oh. that's a, <laughs> that's a good that's start. Yeah, no, it's a, it's well, a yeah, and you can make all the comic book guy jokes you want, but, but, uh, we are talking about, you know, stereotypically a certain cross section of the population. Yeah. I mean, I, I say that in a little bit of a joke, but in all seriousness, um, one of our employees, he, he loves his job, but he hates his job because part of his job is that he has to dust every week. Every week, and he has to go through and dust something, toys, racks, whatever. And even to in this day and age, with you know all the stuff that's out there and the push towards better quality stores, I I go around and I visit at least once a month. I hit other stores. I hit at least two to three stores a month, and, and I'm just astounded by the fact that there's somebody sitting behind the counter doing nothing and a layer of dust 
on shelves, on product, whatever. Um, and things will be in the same place for months yeah. after months on end. And I'm like, really? Like, step your game up. There's, there's two stores in town that have started to step their game up and to the point where I was just like, oh, crap. Wish I'd thought of that. Wish I'd, <laughs> that's like, great. Though. So yeah, no, and that's exactly what you want to do. And in the states, like it's phenomenal. Like the community, um, for those who don't know, in Edmonton, the community of comic shop owners, um, they pretty much all hate each other. Really? And, and I don't hate any of the other store owners, but they hate me um, for whatever reason. Well, you're a competitor, so you're the enemy. Maybe. Probably, but in the states, the stores, they they'll work together. They'll really? like in areas, they will be buddies, they will be friends, they will swap ideas, um, they will help each other out, they will come together uh, to develop shows. Like, you know, everyone always says, why isn't there a big show in Edmonton, a big comic show? You know why? Because one store would have to do all the work and put all the money into that, and none of us have the time or the cash. Yeah. Right? There's, if, if there was some way, the six of us, and there's only six of us, which makes it absolutely pathetic. And I, we're allowed to swear on here, aren't oh, we? Of course we are. Okay. Fuck yes. Yes, okay. Um, but it is. It's pathetic. When there's six of us, and we, the six of us could not ever just sit down in a room and go, okay, we don't need to advertise against each other, but come on. We've all got contacts. We've all got resources. We've all got some cash. Let's pull it together and put on something to reward all of our customers. And it will never happen. And it's, it makes me sad. It's absolutely sad. Uh, I've, I've heard that before. Uh, having worked at uh, at a gaming store up in St. Albert, and and it's true up in St. Albert too. There's only like two comic book stores <laughs> up in St. Albert, and it's just as it's there's just as much bad blood, and it and it extends into Edmonton. And you're right, it is kind of sad. And I don't know, like, is there is there a mentality that uh, that all of the owners believe that theirs should be the only comic book store serving the entire city? Because that to me seems ridiculous well, well, and impossible never yeah You'd never do it of course not <laughs> of course not so i mean I, in my business we in the advertising business god there are, there are there are dozens of competitors in edmonton mm-hmm. and we get together at at, uh, at association events and stuff like that and when i see the my counterparts at those companies i want to chat with them and find out what their challenges are and oh, yeah. try and learn from them when it comes to trying to win business I'll do everything in my power to kick their ass, mm-hmm. but I don't hate them. <clears throat> that's completely different. Everyone has a different business model on how to run your business. That's true. And that's fine. And there are some places that maybe offer a better selection or some places that offer a big discounts or whatever. You know, um, everyone has their model. If you stick to your model and run your business, you're going to be satisfied you know, if you're not satisfied, that's when you change your model. Yeah. Right. But in the meantime, it's like we're all doing business. Uh, none of us are, you know, going under. Uh, we're all still here. And really, Happy Harbor, we're the, we're the new kid on the block. Yeah. Like we are the youngest store in Edmonton. Okay. So really, um, if there's any reason, and there's no reason to hate us, because if you're going to go and hate us, then I can go back. I can, I can tell the tale of how every other store in the city opened. And they all opened under worse circumstances and and events than what Happy Harbor did, you know, and what Happy Harbor is still doing. And come on, we've been here now. We've been in Edmonton for coming up on seven years. Really? Get over it. We're, we're obviously, we're here, right? Let's do something more substantial. Let's, let's work together and, and create a better environment for people. What's your, what's your sense of, of the way it works in other Canadian cities? Is it, is it equally uh, adversarial? Um, it is 
there's I don't know if it's adversarial, but I know there's a certain distance between mm-hmm. stores. Um, I know in the Toronto market, the stores there tend to be tailored to specific things. There are stores that are focused on the indie community. There are stores that are focused on uh, back issue and and uh, graded book sales. And so it's a little bit different, but uh, and it, there are third party organizations that come together and throw conventions and then the vendors just show up at. But really you've, you've essentially you've got four You've got three major cities in Canada, Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver. And then after that, the the cities, while you may have big cities like Edmonton, Calgary, uh, Winnipeg, um, you, you, you just really get these kind of very traditional mom-and-pop shops, uh, which, which focus on selling stuff, and, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, so... The other stores that I've met, uh, there are very few that I've met that kind of like, okay, well, we don't want to just sell stuff. We want to do this as well. You know, uh, they're, they're a pretty rare breed. In, in Canada, it's a pretty small market. It's, it's 10% of the North American market, just like Canada is 10% of North America. Um, you know, our comic book stores reflect the same kind of numbers. Like, I think there's something, I believe the number is something like less than 300 comic book shops throughout Canada. But I actually find that kind of high. That does seem that does seem pretty high. It, it does, but there are communities out there that people wouldn't expect comic stores to be in. Like Prince Rupert's got a store, and, and Grand Prairie's got two or three stores. Um, so when you start thinking about some of these remote, because everyone will just focus on the big cities. Of it's course. the only place there can be comic stores is where <laughs> there's at least six hundred thousand people, right? But there are a lot of small towns out there that have their comic book shops and they're, and they're legitimate stores and guys trying to make a living. Leduc has a comic book store. Cool. You know, it's called Bazinga, I think is what it is. And I, I only mention it because people will hear the name Bazinga and they'll go, hey, 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 I watch Big Bang Theory. But, you know, <laughs> um, uh, th- there are small towns all across Canada that have shops. And I mean, so every metropolitan city is going to have a dozen plus stores. And then you've just got littered all these small towns across Canada that have shops as well. So, you know, 300 might, I would probably put it closer to 200 yeah. at the end of the day. Um, but uh, according to what insiders believe is to be accurate in North America, there are approximately um, 700 independent comic store retailer owners. Uh, with uh, maintaining somewhere in the neighborhood of about 3,000 stores. Wow. Which, when you look at the populace of North America, again, is pathetic. If we're going <laughs> to just bring back where it, that's really sad. 3,000 stores to serve 400 million, 425 yeah. million people. Like, it's it doesn't make sense. So there's obviously some kind of flaw somewhere in the system that, Either people aren't interested in owning stores or people aren't interested in the product, which I actually find more hard to believe. Agreed. Um, well, but there's a perception that comics are very niche, but then, I mean, nowadays you go to Chapters, and Chapters is selling trade paperbacks. Yeah. And so that, that to me, indicates that this big conglomerate company that owns Chapters, Coles, and Indigo recognizes that that's not just a niche market because they can make money off of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, it, it can't be. It can't be that there's a perception that only like a small percentage of people go out and buy comics. And at the same time, I challenge anyone. I walk up to anyone you know and ask them to name five movies that they've seen this year, and I guarantee three of them will probably be Thor, Green Lantern, 
Captain America, something mm-hmm. comic book, Conan, whatever, yeah. right? Uh, oh, what are you looking forward to seeing in 2012? Oh, Avengers, Dark Knight, um, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, it's it's permeated. It's transcended and permeated uh, culture tremendously. So um, I think the problem is, is ultimately, and uh, the, the, the savvier retailers know this, the problem is the fact that there's not enough comic book stores um, servicing the population. And doing different things, but you're not necessarily the guy who wants to start opening more stores. Um, not really, not not myself. It's and that's uh, a business sense. I I think that the comic book shop needs to be an independent thing. Yeah, I don't think you can franchise. Uh, and and there there actually is uh, an owner out of in the western states who has started the first franchise but it's a legitimate it's like a a franchise like big thick handbook and everything the rules you have to go to the color schemes fixturing the whole nine yards opening a subway except you're selling comics exactly same thing um and again if you find the right people and there's there's a budget and a platform that's set up for it you know if if you decide to buy a franchise you have to pony up a certain amount of money they contribute a certain amount of money um you hire the right people you pay them the appropriate salary you know then you can actually very closely replicate the magic that you have from your original store but to franchise, you have to have a certain level of business acumen that I just fail at miserably and, and honestly have no desire to acquire. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would rather sit and bullshit with someone over the counter about why Spider-Man is the biggest pussy in comic books than, you know, try to figure out how to financially wrangle my next store or, you know, keep that, that expansion going. Which leads me to, to my next question. Um, why is Spider-Man the biggest <laughs> pussy in all of comic books? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's let's. There's so many things wrong with this character. It's just, I actually made a guy cry once. Who no, was, no, you didn't. I did, I did. He was a huge. He was going on and on about Spider-Man, and I'm 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 not like. I, I do it in jest, but this guy was going on and on, and I was just like, I don't know. It must have been I was in one of those moods, and I thought, let's just knock him down a peg, right? And uh, so <laughs> I kind of got into cry. him. That's yeah, awesome. well, I didn't About mean Spider Man. I yeah. didn't mean to make him cry, but I was just kind of like, he was going on and on, and I said, you realize that Spider Man is like one of the worst heroes in the history of heroes like literature the comic books aside but going transcending through literature and he's like well how can you possibly say that it was a great power comes great responsibility and i said hero is a spider-man purely out of guilt here is a man who decided that the only reason he wants to stop wrestling for money is because he let his uncle die out of that guilt he decides he now lives every day trying to absolve himself of guilt and that's purely what motivates him. Batman, as messed up as he is, at least is fighting for a sense of justice to avenge his parents' death. Superman does what's right just because it's right. He was raised properly, right? Wonder Woman is on a mission of, you know, peace and further to spread the word, to unite people together. So many heroes do things for the right cause. I will point out that it's appropriate that Jay's three examples would be the core members of the Justice League is he is a huge Justice League nerd. But <laughs> go on. If I, I, I could I could continue on on other <laughs> levels there. Oh. You are you are selling me on Spider Man being a pussy though. Now on, on top of that, Spider Man, the reason they always said that people can identify with Spider Man is because he's He's this, uh, he's this character that can we relate to. He's got problems and issues like all of us. And I'm like, wow, the guy can pick up a Buick, walk on walls, and he's dating a redheaded supermodel. 
wow, life's tough. Yeah, he really does have it hard. Yeah, it's so hard. Also, also he's Aunt, a genius. And Aunt, oh, May's, yeah. Aunt May can be a real bitch, too. Yeah, well, I mean. but hey, remember this. It's like on the side because, you know, all, all of a sudden I had all these cool powers, but I couldn't shoot web out of my ass like an a- actual spider. So I'm going to develop a fluid that dissolves after an hour of use. And I'm going to actually install it in little cartridges that I can activate through a mechanism through my fingertips. And I can use it to actually, like, capture people and stuff like this. But I'm not going to be smart enough to patent the damn thing so every carpenter in the world will be my friend. (laughs) Come on. Really? Give me a break. And you're going to run around complaining about money. Talk about a guy having no business acumen, though. There you go. Perfect example. (laughs) It's like, you know what? If If I could walk up a wall while carrying a car... I would so I'd have so many phone numbers stuffed <laughs> down my shorts. You could not possibly have anything to complain about at that point. No. I mean, it's it's absurd. This is Adam coming to you almost live from inside the telephone system, and I'm talking with recent top 40 under 40 celebrant uh poster <laughs> child almost carrie skelton also of the wake up show on up 99.3 hello carrie hey that's quite the introduction i'm actually out of breath right now <laughs> i'm feeling a little intimidated <laughs> well don't because you're the star here not me now i wanted to talk to you about the uh the Mo sisters of edmonton and their second annual Mo sister soiree um, this is happening on, is it November 10th? It is. It's coming up this Thursday. It's our second annual. It's going to be a fantastic night at Delish Urban Kitchen and Wine Bar. We have about 100 ladies coming out. Holy cow. Yeah, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a really just casual evening, a little bit of education, a little bit of inspiration. We have swag. We have beverages. We have snacks. We have a photo booth. We have an art showing. It's just going to be a really fun night. Our main message with it, though, is uh, just to let women know that there is a place for them when it comes to Movember. I think a lot of women don't realize that, yes, we too can raise money. But most importantly, the message that we want to get out is encouraging women to encourage their guys to take really good care of themselves and to get checked for prostate cancer. That's right. So so in, in some of the information that I've read about this, um, it does mention that there is an educational aspect to the event. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to have people speaking about prostate cancer or the impact of women on men's health? Yeah, and, you know, that's, it's a good point that you make because, of course, you know, the guys go through this with prostate cancer, but so do, so do the families and so do the significant others. So we actually are very fortunate to have um, a lady coming to speak to our group. Her husband is has been cancer-free for one year. He had prostate cancer, and he beat it, mm-hmm. and they just celebrated. So we're going to hear from her just a little bit about their journey, and uh, she's going to reiterate that message that it is important to get checked because if you look at the numbers, it is insane. Prostate cancer, over 90%, over 90% curable if it's detected and treated early. Wow. So you go get checked, your chances are really, really good. If you leave it for whatever reason, you know, we don't even want to think about what's going to happen because one in seven Canadian men get it, right? Mm -hmm. So whether it's the awkwardness, the fear, the procrastination because of those things, we just need to, we need to help our men get there. We understand. We go for annuals as well. 
it's awkward. Okay, it's not the most fun thing to do in your schedule. Yeah. It's not the most fun appointment to make. But you get in there, you get it over with, and it's totally worth it. And so you're really trying to drive the message home. Are you are you after the men in your life to make sure that they're not just growing mustaches but going to the doctor? Oh, absolutely. I actually just had a conversation with my dad the other day. You know, and who really wants to talk to their father about these things, right? But you know what? You just bring, you break down that barrier. You break down that wall of awkwardness, Mm -hmm. and it's fine. I said, Dad, you know what? Make that appointment. Go get checked. And he hums and he haws, but he promises because I'm his little girl, and he can't break a promise to me. So That's right. Yeah, and that's another thing I wanted to quickly mention, too. Uh, We are not um, discriminating against the Mobros on the evening of the soiree, the doors are going to open at nine o'clock to the guys as well. We just wanted to have about an hour and a half where we just focused on the ladies and then the guys can come in. Well, you'll, you would be much too distracted by all the, the facial hair, I would think. <laughs> I know, distracted in a really awkward and creepy way. <laughs> Absolutely correct. Now, but it's worth it. All the awkwardness and the creepiness is worth it. We commend these guys for what they're doing. It's amazing. Absolutely, even though they're gross. Um, <laughs> So you guys started this two years ago. What got you into the whole the whole Movember uh, thing? What got you really excited about it? Well, for me, um, you know, I I started doing this because I was supporting my husband, Ryan. Right. Ryan Jesperson, Breakfast Television. Um, he got involved in Movember because this is really personal to him. He lost his grandfather to prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. So I was supporting him originally, and um, we, we've hosted the gala now. This will be our fourth year of hosting the Movember gala. And then we decided to get involved in the committee. We were asked both to be on the committee. So we did that last year. This is our second year on the committee. And, uh, you know, I just thought there's got to be a way that we can get the women more engaged. So last year, I thought, why not have a, a, a night just for the women? And last year, we did it before November 1st because we wanted to get women signed up. Mm-hmm. To, to raise funds. And so we actually had a laptop right there on site and women were signing up. It was fabulous. But this year, I feel like we're kind of getting there with that already. So the message this year is, is to get checked. So in planning the second annual Mosis de Soiree, we held it at Delish um, Wine Bar last year. And this year, we're holding it at the same place. I sat down with Amanda Babichek, the owner of Delish, and you know we just got to talking about what was going to happen for this soiree. And she mentioned that uh, a friend of hers Jackie Whitson was really interested in getting involved and helping us out. And, you know, it's, it's a really busy evening to plan. So I was willing to take any of the help I could get. No kidding. You know, and after sitting there for a couple glasses of wine and talking and letting our imaginations run wild, we thought, why don't we just create this group, create this organization, organization, the most sisters of Edmonton. And that way we can kind of bring all the women together and we can brainstorm and collaborate together on this. And then, you know, everybody just started throwing ideas out. Why don't we get t-shirts made and why don't we start a Facebook group? And, you know, the goal one day, I mean, we had just so many plans for this group is to have a website and to do all these different things and make more of an impact on the community. But of course we have to start small. So that's how it kind of all took off. Wow. And it's, and it's kind of an entity of its own because I see you guys, out there, you've got a lot of people supporting you and, and calling attention to the event. So it looks like the support is absolutely there. The ladies wanted to get involved, and and you have done that successfully. Yeah, and thank goodness we don't have to do it by growing mustaches. <laughs> you know, a big big collective sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah, that would be, um, boy, we'd be an ugly city, i got to say. Yes, we would. <laughs> it's, bad, it's bad enough the men have to do it, but kudos to them for, for supporting uh, uh, prostate cancer research. 
Absolutely. The guys at Edmonton are, are amazing. So thank you very much for chatting with us, Carrie, and uh, I wish you all the best with your event. We'll try and get as many people out there for you as possible. Thanks. We really appreciate it. And you can check it out at facebook.com slash EDM. That's right. And, uh, and if you're interested on event details, go to www.siptastegroovelove.ca forward slash events. You bet. All right. Thanks, Carrie. You take care. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Are you looking for current, relevant, highly specialized digital media instruction? You need to seek out The Guru. Guru Digital Arts College offers intense six-month programs that simulate real-world projects. You'll work in small classes in a casual professional environment and meet industry pros who offer a mentor-style approach to learning. Some institutions make the same claim, but with Guru, you'll develop the confidence to get out and become a part of the digital media community. Come visit us anytime. Check out a class, talk with our instructors, and be part of the Guru experience. For more information, email info at gurudigitalarts.com or call 1-877-429-4878. And now, a dramatic reading with Scott C. The Rules for Home Shaving from the Guide for the Modern Gentleman It would be great to be shaved professionally every morning, but in reality, shaving is frequently done in a rush before leaving for work. There's no real way to avoid this, but treat yourself to a good shave on the weekend. Number one, open up your pores by soaking a flannel under the hot tap until it's steaming, and then hold it against your face for a minute. Alternately, just shave in a hot bath and allow the steam to do the same. Number two, use a shaving cream or soap. It is simply not possible to get a good shave with a shaving gel. Number three, for those with sensitive skin, use a moisturizer instead of a shaving cream. Something like aqueous moisturizing cream will work just as well and won't cause skin reactions. Number four, using a circular motion, apply the soap to your skin with a brush. Your stubble will stand on end, making the shave easier and closer. Number five, generally modern multi-blade razors are extremely good if kept clean. Never use a disposable razor. Number six, an electric razor will not shave you as closely as a multi-blade razor. Like a hovercraft, they tend to buzz over the surface, but they never get to the root. Number seven, check which way the hair grows from your face. Shave in the direction the hair grows, especially if you have sensitive skin or are prone to bleeding. The growth direction changes on different parts of the face, especially upon the neck. Number eight, for a close shave, put another hot flannel on your face for a minute to open up your pores a second time. Number nine, brush on another application of shaving cream and then shave in the opposite direction to which your hair grows. Number ten, once finished, run your flannel under very cold water and hold it against your face. This will close up your pores and help seal your skin. Number eleven, moisturize as soon as possible with a moisturizer, a shaving balm, or an aftershave gel.
show, you mentioned that you have a tendency to spread yourself thin. And I would suggest that you have done that very thing because with Scott and, and Stan. Uh, Stanley Wu. Stanley Wu. For those Wu. who uh, are looking for a full name. Worst Ninja Ever, yes, I believe is what he's called on Twitter. You guys are, are helping to organize the Pure Speculation Festival, which happens on the weekend of the 17th, 18th? 18th, 19th, 20th. There you go. Yes. So, so mm-hmm. who the fuck tricked you into doing that? Um, actually, part of it was... Actually, not so much your partner, but your partner's wife. Now, really? wife. Congratulations, yeah. by the yeah, way. Yeah, by the way. Yeah, but this, is, seen you. Yes. this is married Scott, everybody. Yes. This, is, uh, this Scott. is my first unknown studio as a married man. That's true. <laughs> does, it feel, does it feel different? <laughs> it feels like I'm wearing a ring on my finger, That's but otherwise <laughs> unchanged. I can confirm that that is true. There it yes, is. it's still there. Clutching yeah, fist. He slid it back on as he walked in the door. Coming so, in for the <laughs> <Yeah. tonight. Yes. laughs> so Anita guilted you? Or, or sorry, I, I didn't mean to say that, but she... Cause she I, cause I she Spider-Man me. <laughs> she, she, she threatened to throw a Buick at no, me. Uh, <laughs> no, she actually um, she made a, a fairly impassioned plea, and I think a part of it was just kind of the realization that she knew that um, if she somehow managed to convince me that this whole thing would completely crumble and die without me, that I would step in and do everything I could because I tend to, to do everything that I can. And in Jay's defense, the whole thing would have crumbled and fallen apart without him. So I, I do believe that. I don't know about that. There, was, there's, there have been actually some phenomenal people who have uh, that's stepped true. up. And, and that, uh, that's actually, that's because for the first year, uh, we made a point of kind of inviting in the peer spec community. Yeah. Like the people who are regular con goers, we were like, let's open up our first couple meetings to the people who've come out to the convention, who want to come out, the members of the Pure Speculation Festival uh, organization. That makes sense. And they came out, and they had a lot of them had really good ideas, were really eager to help out. And we were like, okay, then, you do this. We'll delegate that to you. And uh, from what I understand, they've done a tremendous job in helping get things together. And so... It's one of those things where it's almost like, why didn't we do this sooner? Like, we could have had so <laughs> much help. Uh, and the the big thing with that is it comes down to just an organizational, and it's like you have to oversee all these people, and then you have to kind of stay on top of them. And for most people, like running a convention is a ridiculous thing. It's it's absolutely insane. And uh, a lot of people will look at my business and go, wow, what you do is insane. Like you, every week you get in thousands of comic books uh, every month you're placing an order for tens of thousands of comics and you're placing that order two months ahead of time um, and you're, you're doing all this number crunching and all this wielding it's like you know what it's consistent for the most part it's relatively consistent I have a pattern I can follow it with a convention there's really nothing consistent about it you're dealing with so many unknown and, and uncontrollable variables yeah and things are constantly changing and you've got people who are in different schedules uh, you got people who want to help but then can't help and you got people who can't help and all of a sudden want to help uh, and you're you're you know you're hurting cats and doing all the things that you do so uh, when you the, the the downside to having so many people involved is that you have to maintain and oversee and, and uh, make sure everything gets done and, and that can always be a trick but uh, that said if you have a handful of very motivated people things get done um, sometimes things get done you don't anticipate getting done or didn't expect to get done but you know they get done and uh, and you pull it all together and there's always going to be hiccups and glitches and you hope that uh, you just kind of overcome them and, and get through them and, and that's about it and yeah we're like 
two and a half to three weeks out. Yeah. And uh, like uh, today, uh, we're we're day six into the new store and I should be unpacking boxes. I've spent about three hours uh, answering emails, designing posters and banners and just kind of, I make slivers of time here and there uh, to do what I can. But you know, when you work a, you know, 16, 17 hour day, it's pretty easy to find a sliver here and a sliver there. <laughs> yeah, so. it seems like. A, <laughs> um, so, so tell us a little bit about this year's festival, about the, the kinds of guests that you guys have decided to bring in and and what we can expect to see. Where Where is it, first of all? Because you've changed locations. We have. Uh, we Much like Happy Harbor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, you know, in, so. if, you're, if you, yeah, you bring me in, things are just going to move. Because that's <laughs> how I roll. Um, we are at Grant McEwen's Robbins Health Center, which is the new building that was built uh, to the west of the main Grant McEwen campus on 104th Avenue. Beautiful mm-hmm. facility. Where we'll be occupying pretty much the entire second floor. So you're occupying Robbins. Yes. Except that we're not... Angry at one percent. Yes, yes, that's right. right. (laughs) Anyway, no, sorry. Continue. I'm still trying to figure out if I'm part of that one percent or not. I don't know. I don't know. I think you're evil because you own a business. Awesome. That's got to be it, right? Sweet. Sure. Yeah. I'm I'm sure that's basically how it works. Capitalism. That works. But Pure Spec (laughs) is uh, over at the Robbins uh, Medical Health Center. There, Um, fantastic facility. For the first time, we'll be completely tech wired. Nice. Uh, which is going to be fantastic because a, a lot our guests are excited because they're like, hey, I can like bring my flash drives and just plug in and go. And um, so as far as guests go, uh, we have a uh, we have Joe Wass, who I'm actually most excited to see. He's the uh, founder of the Tunesium out of uh, out of the United States. And he is a phenomenal artist, uh, cartoon historian. Um, very entertaining gentleman, and apparently uh, an award-winning maze and puzzle maker. Really? Yes. Huh. He does some very, very cool stuff. Um, so he, I'm looking forward to seeing him. Holly Conrad is a uh, costume designer and makeup artist. Uh, she does some fabulous stuff. She's pretty cute, too. So, you know, if, uh, if you're not big into the costumes, just come check the chickie out. Cause she's, uh, <laughs> she's all right. She's pretty smoking. Um, <clears throat> we've got a couple of media guests coming in. Uh, Will DeVry. Uh, who's been on uh, uh, Stargate and a host of other uh, fantasy and sci-fi TV series. And uh, his uh, uh, girlfriend, uh, Rebecca um, Stab, who played the original Susan Storm in the uh, the unaired Fantastic Four uh, um, movie from the late 90s, which was directed by, and now the name's escaping me. It was, damn it. Why it's totally I'm totally blanking on it. Just lost like eight nerd points. There. <laughs> um, <coughs> Corman, Roger Corman. There you go. Roger Corman directed the first Fantastic. It's a piece of trash film. But actually, when I watched it, I was like, the only thing I was really struck by was the fact that the girl who was playing Sue Storm looked exactly like I would picture Sue Storm to look like. And this is the girl who's who's coming in, um, and cool. she's done a host of of, uh, of television, some old school sci-fi stuff. I think she did some Dark Shadows episodes, um, stuff like that back in the day. Uh, more recently, she's been on stuff like Desperate Housewives and and uh, and soap operas and stuff like that. Um, also very smoking hot. So again, you know, if you're a guy out there who's just looking for something, you know, just to kind of like, you know, eye goggle, um, we're, we're rocking that this year. This for is sure. good. Yeah. This, this seems to be a recurring thing. What <laughs> about know. the guys for, for the ladies and for the, for the, the guys? The William DeRay is a handsome man. There you I, go. Will, I will give him that. I was, even I was kind of like, you know what? That's a, that's a good guy. He's actually on a, uh, he's Canadian as well. Okay. So we got that CanCon thing rocking right there. <laughs> and uh, he's currently uh, the lead on a sh- uh, Canadian TV series called Insecurity. 
which I think is in its second or possibly third season that they were just uh, filming or wrapping up. Um, and a, uh, a very, very nice man. He's got a pretty long and, and uh, storied history. Our um, writer guest of honor this year is Jill Walton, uh, who won an award for her book uh, Tooth and Claw uh, from a few years ago, won an award, uh, Aurora Book Award for. Wow. She will also be uh, a guest speaker out at the Morinville Public Library, who are one of our primary sponsors this year. Cool. Uh, they are bringing her in as part of their uh, Centennial uh, Writer Series uh, that they're coming in. So she's the featured writer for the month of November. That's great. So she'll be doing a uh, writer-oriented speak speech out there. And uh, I feel like I'm missing some. I know I'm missing somebody because we have six guests of honor. It's ridiculous. We have like six people who are worth seeing. $35. Like, it's stupid. For the whole weekend? For the whole weekend. 35 bucks. You come out, you hobnob, you, run, you rub some nose with these people. Uh, Jason, the game designer. Yes. Whose last name. I was also looking for the last name. I, could, I could always botch up. He is the founder of uh, PopCap Games, yep. who oh, created uh, Plants vs. Zombies. Yep. Yep. And a multitude of other stuff. Uh, he is a Edmontonian by nature, living out on the coast now, uh, West Coast. So is Jason? Jason? Jason starts with the Because I know that Stephen Notley works out there now. Yes, and he's also from Edmonton originally. And That's also right. works for PopCap. Yes. And, and well, if you can find it, great. I'm a horrible, where, horrible organizer. Where can people find all this information on the web? You can go to purespec.org. Spec is S-P-E-C, -E yeah. You got it, router. That's right. Yep, .org, and you can find all the information on there. You have one week... Beers are good. That's good, yeah. One good. week left uh, to pick up your weekend pass. Uh, with the weekend pass, it's the only way that you can get into the special Friday night event. And on Ooh. the Friday night uh, at our host hotel, our sponsored host hotel, which is Alberta Place Suite Hotel, um, they are hosting us for what we call the night uh, Taste of Pure Spec. And Taste of Pure Spec basically will have our six guests of honor uh, who will each kind of do something a little special, a little bit different than anything else that you'll see on the weekend. Uh, anything that you see there on Friday night will not be repeated on the weekend. Really? So if you have a weekend pass, this We've is We've had kind previous of your, guest uh, of honors uh, sing, do a little dance. Or tell some very unique stories yes. that they probably wouldn't tell in other venues and, and so other it's, circumstances. And, and it's also a bit of a mixer, too. So you get an opportunity to you meet get other... You one-on-one time with them? Yeah. Festival goers and some of the guests. So here's a question, because um, I've been asked to moderate a panel. Yes, you have. On, on I tried to veto that, but they said, no, he's really a nice guy. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I've met this guy. He's a total douche. Jay, Jay and I have had spats in the past, which we, we, we haven't spoken about and, and will not speak about. <laughs> we'll we'll not. save that for another episode. <laughs> but uh, but so if I'm, if I'm moderating a panel, and in fact, you and I, uh, Scott, are going to be... Who, who is it that we're going to be... Um, presenting uh we're doing a we're in fact recording a segment of the show that's right uh get out as yeah. a uh get out as <laughs> diane asked us to do that Ooh, i will yeah. not get out <laughs> oh, jesus and, and so diane asked us to do that and it wasn't with joe it was with it was yeah have a timbit um, there are timbits it was here. with the artist guest of honor actually. it might it might be it is it's with joe wash there you go wash we I are because I'm an organizer. <laughs> I, I plan this stuff. So we, we will be recording a segment for the Unknown Studio as a Q&A session with him 
at Pierce. That's right, and because That's because ridiculous. I'm because I'm moderating a zombie panel, I'm, I I may record that as well because I think there could be some sure, truthful discussions not? there. So there's going to be a lot of pure spec content for you on the Unknown Studio. But my question is, okay, if I'm involved at that level, mm -hmm. can I show up at the Friday night thing? Or do I have to pay the $35? Because I will pay. I will support PeerSpec, and I will pay if, the $35. If you, yeah, I mean, as people who are participating in the event get to do the Friday night, the Friday night taste of okay. PeerSpec for sure, and the Saturday night shindig as well. Ooh, <coughs> Saturday shindig. night. Oh, I'm, I'm oh, told that... Uh, there will be shinning and digging <laughs> on Saturday. It'll be, it'll be ridiculous. I'm told that a local improvisational group might be at the Saturday night shindig. Really? Might be. Scott has a little gleam in his eye. I, I, really don't think it's, I don't think it's a might be anymore. And it better not be a might be because we've been pimping it. So <laughs> it's like, uh, Prov will be, doing, <laughs> will be doing their second show for the month of November at the Saturday Night Shindig at Pierce Beck. And, and, uh, sorry, where is the Shindig? The Look. Shindig will also be at the Alberta Place Suite Hotel. Ah. They have been super, super special to us. That's great. They have. That's why, we're, that's why we consider them a sponsor. They've been fantastic to us. They gave us a great, a great room rate for our guests and for people who basically, if you only want to be a few blocks away uh, from the event center itself and then be basically a few floors up from the Friday and Saturday night stuff. So you book a place at the Alberta Place Suite Hotel. You tell them you're staying for the Pure Spec Festival. You'll get a discounted room rate. And their rooms are fantastic, actually. And staggering distance from two of the parties. So oh, yes. yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Plus, yes. there are a few excellent restaurants in the vicinity if, oh. you, if you're interested. Yeah, Jasper Avenue, 103rd Street. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, That's great. It's fantastic. They were well, really good. Really looking forward to being a part of that. Yeah. It'll be uh, it'll be fun. I'm sure it'll be fun for people who are attending. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> it'll be a nightmare and a headache and an absolute piece of hell for myself. Yeah. Uh, but I'm looking forward to that because you know I, I like to do things that I can't really reasonably do well. So one last question before we get to the fast fifteen. Indeed. Um, are you involving some of your like Shauna, your partner, and any of your employees in Pure Spec, or is this this all Jay? Um, oh, this is this is. <laughs> wow, really sets me up to sound like a complete douchebag. Oh, no, but, I, didn't, uh, I didn't want... I didn't this is to. all Jay, folks, because really, who else could possibly do anything that I do? Really, you all suck. I'm sorry. But, um, no, uh, um, part of it, you know, there are people... Actually, one of our staff members, Rudy Gunther, actually maintains the PureSpec website. Um, Andrew Foley... Uh, local comic book writer and uh, now uh, d uh, TV and, well, not quite TV yet, but uh, film credited author as well. And who's also super shy, not shy, but uh, very humble and, and points out that he, he wrote, he was one of the writers of Cowboys and Cowboys Aliens. Cowboys and Aliens, yeah. And, uh, but if you bring that up to him, he's like, I barely did anything. <laughs> Do you want to buy some comics or not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's delightful stories behind that one too, um, and it's not so much a matter of being humble. It's it's kind of one of those awkward situations where you could only take so much credit, um, but you know he he actually did do quite a bit, uh, and of course the movie that was produced based on the comic. Is nothing like the comic, uh, <laughs> which is so often the case. Yeah, yeah but does star Daniel Hollywood. Craig, who uh, I have yeah. a man and boner for. Harrison yeah. Ford. Yeah, yeah. As, other as, man boner. By as, the way. as Andrew said, it's like it's got James Bond and Han Solo. I can't help but geek out at least a little bit. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah. Um, so you know, and Andrew's been a regular guest in the past. Um, you know, Shauna actually helps with me as far as doing because uh, I'll help do a lot of the design work. Um, for ads, banners, and stuff 
like that. She has an art background, so she assists me a lot with that stuff. Basically, I design something. I ask for her input. She tells me it's shit. I redo it um, uh, with her suggestions, and then it comes out looking much better than it did before. So it is it is all hands on deck for you guys. Uh, it can be much to much to the staff's you know dismay and displeasure. Uh, hmm. A lot of times, I was just telling them you know you have to like really the reason Rudy does the website is because I told him he had to, <laughs> and he's been doing it for about three four years now, and, oh, and I think uh, and he's he's on board with it you know he he does love doing that website stuff um shauna just knows that i overextend myself and uh she's just like fine i'll bail your ass out once again you know <laughs> making your stuff look less shitty and making it look like decent if nothing else <laughs> um so you know it, it does come and it, that's one of the things that i've been very fortunate with is that i do have a lot of fantastic people around me yeah um, they have you know uh, certain skills that i abuse uh, with regularity and you know we all at the, the end of the day you know things all pull together Sure. Which is good. All right. <clears throat> On that note, I think it is time for Adam Rosenhart's favorite part of the show. <laughs> I'm, of course, referring to the Fast 50. That is correct. So what's happening? I saw, I've never listened to your. No show. one ever has. No, <laughs> like we've been on the. We, this is our third season. You know what? Though? Actually, and that's not entirely true. Virtually I, every guest we've ever no, had on that's the not show. Entirely true. I did. I did because when Scott told me that you guys were doing this, like you, when you first started, like I caught an episode. But in truth be told, it's like I don't listen to podcasts, and the only reason is is that because I can never listen to something like that. While I'm doing whatever it is I'm doing. Yeah, because you have to pay attention. It's not like listening to music. Yeah. You I, have to pay attention, right. Jay. If someone's talking to me, I have to listen. If I'm listening, I'm not smart enough to be typing emails or conversing with another customer. Well, you know, this this has been such a delightful experience uh, sitting here in the store. I think we should record shows here. I'm not even kidding about that. It's, it, the doors are open. And, could, and then we could draw a crowd. That would be fantastic. Actually, we know. could do like a li- we should do like a live one sometime. We bring in an audience and actually do one recorded in Scott front of Scott and audience. I have talked about this. Jay's thinking along the same brainwave that we are. But hang on, hang on. Because I'm an idiot, and idiots tend to think Let's get exactly. through the pure spec thing first, and then okay. we can talk about live TV shows. Really? But then we can, no, we, got then two- we can continue to spread you even thinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a two-week window. We can squeak in a live broadcast <laughs> between now and the 18th. No problem. I just need I'm to figure out how to, how to do stream. <laughs> on the web but before we get into that let's do the fast 15 we're doing the fast 15 you're gonna ask me 15 questions really fast really fast like strombo that's right and And the first (laughs) first 13 you're better dressed than he is so thank you and i love i love that hat thanks i do i wish i could rock a hat but i'm always afraid of messing up my hair and you you, you get severe hat head with your long hair jay has shoulder length hair it's it's that I have seen him dressed as uh, Green Lan- or Green Arrow before on a number of occasions, and he does rock the Robin Hood hat. Nice. I so think you should just go with that for a regular look. Day to day, walking down the street with a Robin Hood hat huh. and Hello, my khaki sir. shorts. Tip yeah. of the cap to you. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my way, weirdo. Don't anyway. make me boxing glove arrow up So here, here we go. <laughs> the Fast 15 with Jay Bardella from Happy Harbor Comics. All Number right. one, okay. your favorite food. Steak. Your favorite color. Blue. Mac, PC, or Linux? Um, abacus. <laughs> Dogs or cats? I have cats, though I'm allergic to them, and I wish they would die, but I love them anyway. <laughs> okay. Coffee or tea? Neither. <laughs> Who the hell drinks that crap? Really? Oh, God. My grandmother always told me, don't drink coffee because it'll stunt your growth. She was 5'2 and went through two pots a day. I stayed away from it. I'm 6'4". <laughs> so there you go. Answers your own question. Fair enough. Your favorite holiday? There's holidays? That's a that that is a legitimate answer, judges. 
Ding. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Your favorite sport? Volleyball. Your favorite pastime? Comics. Of course. Your favorite music at this particular moment? Ooh. Wow. Foo Fighters. No better rock and roll band. Only pure rock and roll band in existence today. Interesting. Yeah. I think we should have another show on that. Agreed. Your favorite movie at this particular moment? As much as it pains me to say, Captain America. It was really good? Holy crap. That was... It a, was a really good comic book movie. It, like no, really it was, I thought it was a good movie. That too. I thought it kind of transcended just being a comic book movie, and it was just not since Dark Knight Returns um, was there a movie that just captured the character well and was told in a way that didn't come off as being cartoony and, and frivolous. Like, it was just... It was a good movie. It hmm. sucked you in. And and Hugo Weaving was a delightful Red Skull. Oh. I have never been into the Red Skull, but he sold me on the character. It I was, was like, that was phenomenal. And considering what the studio did to prevent it being a Nazi thing and just being having the Red Skull be like an enemy, but not a big whole Nazi slam yeah, thing. Yeah, that would have been an easy... It would have been. And the fact that they kind of veered away from that, I thought it was a gutsy move, and I thought they did it really well. But what blew me away was the fact that how they portrayed Steve Rogers, they showed you how the, the man that he was and the man that he became. And, and ultimately, at the end of the day, I was just like, you know, that I will, I will lump the movie version of Captain America in with my, my Batman, Spider-Man, and Wonder Woman uh, analogies from earlier. There you go. Right on. Uh, your favorite video game? I don't play video games. Really? Yep. I find that surprising. Don't have time. Fair enough. I would lose my life if I started playing Arkham City. I guarantee it. Yeah, <laughs> I've begun losing. I, I accidentally beat it in two days. <laughs> and to be fair, that was because the, uh, on the second day I started in the afternoon, and then it just became this, uh, one more mission. Yeah. Uh, Alfred's calling me on the phone. <laughs> exactly. I've got this to do. The joke well, is you know, me voicemails. There's, there's over there. I could go check that out that, first. That, and, and then I had three hours of sleep before I went into work the yeah, next that's day. what I'm afeard of. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Now, the ultimate question maybe mm -hmm. for you, a guy like you is, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Flight. Okay, that wasn't the ultimate question. No. How many times in my life do you think I've had some nerd ask me that question? Jeez, hey, uh, excuse like, me, yeah. owner of a comic book store? <laughs> it's the ultimate uh, question. Uh, but I, I honestly, I can't believe, like, you could, arguably, you could do more with other powers, but I think the power of flight um, would be such a personally liberating thing, and ultimately change your perspective on how you view the world and with that changed perspective you would probably do more as an individual than you could if you could just punch out a wall or you know laser blast your way through something that, that's a fair comment also you can get around much faster yeah <laughs> that too chicks would, you, chicks would yeah. totally dig it shall we, <laughs> shall we have lunch in paris you wouldn't be able to wear a kilt ever again no. oh yeah you could <laughs> I would. Just dong flapping like, as you know. <laughs> now, the ultimate question for me is this one. Star Wars or Star Trek? I tolerate both equally. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now we're on to our wild card questions. Sure. What's the strangest request for a customer's ever made to bring in like a certain item? Or is it all pretty mundane? I don't think there's anything I haven't been able to find. Honestly, that's I think that's the problem is that in this day and age with the technology at our fingertips, anybody that has asked me for something, I've been able to track it down. Really? There isn't, um, including like, you know, uh, life-size statues and stuff like that. Um, I've had, I've got enough contacts and enough outreach that I've been like, oh, you know, like I know a guy who's one of the top 
um, makeup and costume designers out of Hollywood. Um, so even if I can't, you know, find it myself, I can contact Howard and say, hey, Howard, where can I find this? And, and he'll put me on the path. So. Sweet. <coughs> and so, I'll yeah, there hasn't been anything that's really been so out of reach that I haven't been able, or so absurd. Because, I mean, it's not like I work in a porn store, you know, and somebody's <laughs> not coming in and asking me for a 12-foot dildo or anything like that, you know, so it's... But if someone did, that would be your answer. <laughs> actually, That's no, that. because one of our part-timers actually does work in a porn store. Oh, there you go. So I could probably still find one if there I you go. Do. So the <laughs> final question, because uh, we've talked a lot about some of the challenges that you faced as a business owner, particularly mm-hmm. in this industry, but what is the best thing about owning a comic book store? <sighs> it's not real work. No? Honestly, it's not. I mean, I... Well, look at it this way. I, I work seven days a week. Um, if I luck, if I'm lucky, I take off. I take off at least three days a year: Christmas, Boxing Day, New Year's Day. If I take off one or two more days throughout the year, like actually off where I don't come into the store, it's a rarity. Yeah. So I mean, honestly, my job can't be that hard. If I'm willing to be here day in and day out, and if you I, like it, I wake up, you know, six thirty every morning. And I'm here 8 o'clock. Store doesn't open until 10, you know. But I will add a caveat to that answer, which is that I have been told that if you truly love what you do, it will never feel like work. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's absolutely it. You know, and I, and I, you know, okay, there are days, usually when I have to do payroll, that it's like, God, this job sucks. Yeah, but that's the, that's just a. (laughs) I'm giving away my money to these cretins. (laughs) Damn it. But better than average amount of time. Yeah. It doesn't feel like work, which says something. I've yet to be occupied, so I think I'm doing okay. No, right on. Well, well, it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure. Is our time up? Our time is up. God, I didn't even get it. We, we didn't so we didn't, much. There's so much to say. We well, didn't then we'll just have talk. to get you back on the show. It'll take another two years, I guess. Well, yeah, well, we're on a, we're <laughs> on a schedule. You're on a schedule? Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, thank right, you so, so much. I feel like an immigrant now. It's like <laughs> trying to get once, into Canada. Once again, Happy Harbor has moved to a new downtown location. Yep. It is at 104th Avenue mm-hmm. and 107th Street. It's mm-hmm. right next to Benjamin mm-hmm. Moore's Paints. Actually, it's called Day's Paints. Really? Da- what? Which, which is but they, they sell Benjamin. They sell it. Benjamin Moore. This well, is, uh, the sign I see is Benjamin Moore. So right, and strange. actually, that's kind of funny because when my designer was looking at doing her awning, he wanted to slap Marvel and DC logos up there, like very large and prominent, because he goes, "That's what people will recognize." And I'm like, "I don't care if people recognize that because you know, that's not the name of the store." Um, and his, you know, rebuttal to that was, "We'll look at, you know, the paint shop next door." And I said, "Yeah, okay. What's the name of the paint shop?" And he's like, um, I don't know, but I know when I drive by that it's a paint shop. I know it's a paint shop. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But it's like, I, sorry, the name means something to me. Uh, you know, it's, it's why we chose it. Happy Harbor has a connection to my, my personal hobby and passion. And at this point now, the name means something to the staff. I think right? so too. And built, your customers, for sure. We've, we've built a reputation. The name means something. So it's like, you know what? I, you know, Marvel and DC, in my mind, don't deserve to be there. You know, they didn't build this store. We did. And you, you're doing them the, pl- the distinct, uh, uh, you're doing them a favor by selling their products. Well, we're doing our customers a favor. Yes, but <laughs> we're, we're doing everyone a favor. But the, yeah, the store's Happy Harbor, and that's who we are, and that's the name that should be first and foremost out there. Agreed. Right on. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Jay, for being on the show. Thanks for asking me repeatedly we'll, and indeed. finally having me on after, what, nearly three years. And we will see you <laughs> and all of weeks. you, everyone everyone listening at PureSpec. Yes, we will. PureSpec.org. Come see people. 
people want to be seen. It'll be delightful. Some of them are hot. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You've been listening to The Unknown Studio, Episode 57. Our guest, Jay Bardilla, pre-production by Adam Rosenhart, post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. The Unknown Studio is a proud member of the League of Extraordinary Media. You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening. I see you are practiced in worshipping things that fly. Good. Rise before Zod. No. Kneel before Zod.